No. What's your least favorite scary movie? Just when you think things can't get any worse, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they get better. No. Sydney Prescott, Out of Darkness, page 220. Dewey Riley, scene 35. You have no clue what this is. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Welcome to Watch Your Least Favorite Scary Movie, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the absurd in all of our favorite and least favorite scary movies. Because we believe every horror movie rightfully has its fan base. Even if we don't always get it. My name is Travis. My name is Jesse. And today we are continuing our Scream coverage with Scream 4. Yeah. And I actually had several different options pulled for the opening quote. But to be candid, it's been a very rough week and a half. Yeah, it has. There's been a lot. And that quote hit at the right time. It hit at the right time, and we're just really glad to be here <clears throat> yeah. with you all. Yeah. It. I. I know. Like, this is just like a silly little podcast, but it's fun for us to do. It's really helped us build a community for ourselves, and I don't know. It just. It means a lot to be here. Met a lot of nice people, and. It's definitely helped improve our lives, I think. I think we, yeah, we, we thank you guys. All right. All right, what a what an opening here. I know, I know, we got real. We <laughs> yeah, got we real. did, we got real, real fast. <laughs> All right, let's go, let's get a little bit wacky with this. We're talking about Scream 4 today, not mm-hmm. a very serious movie. Oh, I beg to differ. You think so? Oh, I am very serious about Scream 4, Travis. <laughs> okay, well... Let's let's get into it here shortly then. Okay. Um, do you have any announcements first? I'm gonna see Ice Nine Kills in August. Oh yeah. Is that an announcement? You know what? That's that's <laughs> announcement worthy. I think because I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. It's not my type of music. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I know that a lot of people in the community love that band, so I'm sure you guys are all very excited if you guys are going to be going to go see them. But I think I'll sit here. And let's see, uh, real actual podcast announcements. We will have our Patreon episode sometime before the end of May. So by this weekend? Oh, the end of May is a Wednesday. Oh, is it? So, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then here within like a week. A week. Yeah, within a week or so. We haven't fully settled on what we're doing yet, but it's <laughs> it's a long weekend. It's a payday weekend. It's our anniversary weekend. Yeah. Things are liable to get weird. That's so. true. Last time... Well, not maybe last time, but one of the times it was our anniversary, we did Troll 2. That was very weird. That was weird. Yeah, that was a weird episode. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, boy. It's been a long time. That was back in the olden days of the podcast. Indeed it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got our poll results for last week's episode. We talked about Carrie, 1976. And as in with our theme with this month, prom month we are uh we're trying to figure out our average listeners prom night plans the whole night so we started with your prep plans Mm -hmm. how you find your date and now we want to know what you're doing during the prom yeah so the options are dancing hugging your teacher scheming under the stage or baseball hat on instagram 50 percent would dance seven percent would hug their teacher 
14% would scheme under this stage, and 29% would baseball hat. Okay, over on Twitter. <laughs> 57% would dance, 29% would hug their teachers, 0% ah! would scheme under the stage, 14% would baseball hat. Okay, okay, let's try and guess each other's. Okay. Sick. I'm thinking that you would baseball hat. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Come on, I, I baseball hat when I'm not at the prom. Exactly. I always baseball hat. I don't always baseball hat, but almost I always. do almost always baseball hat. I'm going to say you would dance because you love to dance. I do love to dance. Yeah. And you have routines for occasions such as this. On occasion. I think that you would bust a pretty sick move out there. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You, you, you're pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> okay. That's it for our poll. All right, then. All right, let's talk about Scream 4. All right. Scream 4 released April 15th, 2011. We watched it on DVD, but if you aren't lucky enough to own it, you could stream it on YouTube Primetime, YouTube TV Premium, Stars, Hulu Premium, Sling TV Premium, Prime Premium, or Philo Premium. You could also rent it through Google Play, Vudu, or Redbox. Scream 4 saw the return of a lot of the crew that we know and love. Yay! Yay. Written by... Kevin Williamson, Yay. directed by Wes Craven, yeah. music by Marco Beltrami. Boo! Yeah. Special Sorry. effects, not by Greg, Greg Nix. Nix. Not by Greg. He Nix. did one, right? He did mm -hmm. the first one. Okay. Uh, this time, the special effects was done by Gary J. Turncliffe and Mike J. Regan. I like those names. Yeah, I like that they're both J's in the middle. That's mm -hmm. a nice touch. <clears throat> And um, they had like a lot of blood they had to work with this time. So yeah, this is a pretty bloody scream entry, I would say. Although I will say, for the first time in the franchise's history, a lot of the effects were CGI. That's lame. So maybe they didn't do as much as we're giving them credit for. They had a lot of CGI animated blood. Yeah, uh, the knife in Anthony Anderson's head. That's all fake. That's all fake. Oh yeah, I'm super sure. fake. They didn't even use a retractable. It's just all. Added in post. Yeah, around this time, actually a little bit before this even, that kind of became standard. Okay. Starring okay. Roger Jackson as the voice, mm -hmm. Nev Campbell as Sydney, or Nee Campbell, if you're my notes. Nee Campbell. I just, I gave up, I gave up writing her name halfway through apparently. <laughs> uh, David Arquette as Dewey. <laughs> Side note, Dewdrop's gonna be at Scarefest. Do you think... How do you think he'll respond if I call him Dewdrop? Uh, hey, Dewdrop. I think if you do it in your Patrick Warburton voice. Patrick, you've changed. You've gotten <laughs> tiny. So much smaller. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Courtney Cox as Gail. Emma Roberts as Jill. Hayden Panettiere as Kirby. Rory Culkin as Charlie. Dane Farwell as Ghostface. And Marley Shelton as Deputy Judy. This right here... Seems to me like the cast that you would have dreamt up for a Scream movie. Oh, you know absolutely. how people do the fan yeah. casting? This is what you would pick because these are all your people here. Yeah, if I had to recast it today, I would cast all of the same people. Yeah. All of them. It's it's. Or just recast the whole movie and Emma Roberts plays every just character. Just every character? Yeah, every character is Emma Roberts. Do you think she has that range? 
No. She can barely play Jill. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. Oh, come on. That's harsh. She's like Linnea Quigley. She's not a great <laughs> actor, but she's always entertaining. She did. Re- she really surprised me in Black Coat's Daughter. She was good in that. She has her moments. I'll, I'll give her that, but I think she she's... needs to stick to like Scream Queens. Campy stuff. She is perfect in Scream Queens. Budget or Buckhead. We need Ooh. to get like stock game show noises. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say budget because I think with this being the return of Wes and Kevin Williamson, they wanted to throw as much money as they needed. Correct. Yes. 40 mil. Holy shit. <laughs> right? That's really good. <laughs> uh, 18 million opening box office and 97 million worldwide gross. Very nice. Currently a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. That's good. I pulled three movies from 2011. Okay. I generally tried to find more horror-leaning comedy. Is that what you would classify this as? Yeah. It's not horror horror comedy. It's horror-leaning. It's got its comedic moments. It's Kevin Williamson. Come on. The man likes to have fun. Fair enough. You're Next. Okay. Which premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival on September 10th, 2011. Solid. That had a budget of $1 million. Not surprising. I hope you know all that, I hope most of that went to Babs. I wonder how much. <laughs> <laughs> She's like the biggest name in that, I think. Worldwide gross of twenty six million. That's not too bad. We that watched is... that in theaters, didn't we? I think so. Maybe not. Wait, twenty eleven? We wouldn't have watched that in theaters. We weren't even together. Oh, it wasn't in theaters until twenty thirteen. Oh. When I searched 2011 horror movies, I wrote down three that I liked. And then when I went to IMDb and it mm. said 2013, I was like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and so when I pulled up the full list of dates, it was giving the Toronto International Film Festival date. Okay. But I'd already written it down. I, you know what? I'm fine with it. I love that movie. It's a great movie. Uh, the internet generally agrees with you. 6.6 out of 10. Very nice. Next movie. Cabin in the Woods. Hey. Oh, man. The premiered. At the But Numathon Film Festival, as we but discussed. Numathon. <laughs> December 11th, 2011. Budget of 30 mil. Worldwide gross of 70 mil. IMDb score of 7.0. 70 mil's good. Yeah. I feel like it needs more. That movie is amazing. It's pretty impressive. And the final movie, less on the ha-has, but... I feel like it still fits in with the spirit of what we've discussed. Mm-hmm. Final Destination 5. Ooh, yeah. Five old destination. Five old destination. If you will. <sighs> Released August 12th, 2011. Budget of 40 million. Same as Scream 4. Wow. Worldwide gross of $157 million. Holy shit. I can't believe they stopped after that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, they're making another yeah. one, but like, come on, that was over 10 years, years ago at this point. 5.9 out of 10. Okay, I can take that. Final mm-hmm. Destination, come on, people people don't necessarily see that as true cinema. I guess. I guess. <laughs> Even though we do. Yeah. I have some bad news. Yeah. Only one tagline. Only one tagline. Only one tagline. Come on, guys. I have a theory that Kevin Williamson got real petty near the end of this, and we'll get into that. Okay. 
Towards the end of what? This process. Okay. New decade, new rules. Okay. You know what? That's fine. I guess. I think it's fine. It's fine. We've already spanned two decades before in the franchise, though, so it's a little bit... You know what? You're right. Yeah, this is a new, new decade. Yeah. Get that new, new. I guess they didn't really think about it because weren't they making Scream 3 in the 90s and then it released in the 2000s? Yes. Like very early 2000s. So they were still playing by 90s rules. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Hmm. So... I don't know, maybe they forgot that detail. It's possible. I don't know. It's okay. I, you know, I think that you <laughs> could have a lot more fun with this movie with the tagline. But, you know, if that's what you it's got, okay. that's what you got. We'll have our own fun with it. Oh, yeah. We'll have our own for sure. <laughs> okay. So casting took place from April to September 2010. Principal photography took place from June to September 2010. Wow. If that sounds like there's overlap, it's because there is. <laughs> so they had to recast people? Uh, yeah, Lauren Graham, she plays the uh, the elder Lorelai on Gilmore Girls. She was actually originally slated as Jill's mom and had to quit after a couple of days or weeks on set. Really? Mm-hmm. Is there any reason why? I think it was just like conflicts with her uh-huh. other... She, I think, I'm not sure if it was 2011, but she had... Or 2010, whatever. But she was a series regular on a couple different shows, so... Oh. That does that feels like a long time to shoot a movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh this was shot mostly in and around Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. Including this bookstore that hadn't yet opened, but Wes Craven was in love with, so they actually added in a couple additional scenes to get some shots in there. Just for the book signing. Yeah, because yeah. he lo- he loved the location of well, it. That's probably the reason he has Sydney <laughs> writing a book in this movie. <laughs> so Here's where I think there is maybe a little bit of um, Kevin Williamson pettiness and a little bit of Wes Craven pettiness. Mm. So I couldn't find all of the details on why this happened. But after test audiences saw the film, some changes were made. There were some cuts, some reshoots, and some additions. Okay. So the movie originally ends at the house with Jill being taken out. And reporters like talking to her after she's, you know, she's in the middle of talking to Dewey and reporters are asking her if they can get a picture of her. And she's like, oh, just one. (laughs) And then from inside, we hear the paramedics say, hey, we have another woman alive in here. Oh, and And it would have ended there? Yeah. And it was meant to be ambiguous if it would be Sydney or Kirby. And the thoughts was kind of that if there was going to be another sequel, that maybe Sydney would have amnesia. Who knows? Huh. So that was the original ending. For whatever reason, they added in the hospital stuff. That was not written by Kevin Williamson. That was written by our dear friend uh, Aaron Kruger, who wrote Scream 3. Oh, that wow. So many, and I think it's funny that so many people have issues with the hospital scene, and they have so many issues with Scream 3, yeah. and it's both coming from this person who was brought in last minute to write for characters that he really doesn't have a ton of experience with. Wow, that's crazy. I feel kind of bad for the dude. <laughs> yeah, he got thrown into he got a thrown very bad the situation. Shit end of, he got thrown the shit end of the stick twice. That's weird, though, that they felt like... See, I wonder why they did that, because I know, I'm sure this is part of your fun facts here, but this is supposed to be part of a new trilogy. 
Actually, I don't have that as part of my effects, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that this was planned to be like a new trilogy, and I think a lot of that fell apart whenever West died. Yes. So we'll get into that in a second. But yeah, Kevin Williamson was pissed that they did not go with his original ending. Did they not tell him? He was, I don't know when he found out, but he was pissed. Can you imagine, like, he's, like, waiting for the applause <laughs> when he's at the screening, and then all of a sudden it keeps going into the <laughs> hospital, and he's like, what the fuck? Well, because not only would it have been a better ending, but they also wanted to kind of mirror the ending of Scream 1996, which is reporters, like, wrapping up the story in front of the house where all the murders took place. Right. Except this time we know that it was, like, completely different. Yeah. So that would have been really nice, especially when we're looking at it as a reboot. Additionally, in what I was reading was somebody asked Wes how he felt about this change. And he said he only agreed to direct Scream 4 if it was with a Kevin Williamson script. Really? And Wow, can you imagine how that guy felt? <laughs> and so that was pretty much what he left it at. That guy hearing that, uh, that quote, even today... 10 years, 15 years even down the line, if I heard, yeah, I didn't really want to work with that guy again. Well, it wasn't necessarily refusing to work with Aaron Kruger again. It was understanding that Scream is inherently a Kevin Williamson franchise. I understand. I'm being playful. I think it's I think it's just funny that he said that when somebody else also worked on the movie. That's kind of like a, oh, fuck you too, dude. Well, he didn't want, he didn't want this rewritten ending. He didn't I'm want sure, it. I'm sure, yeah. No, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that guy probably is pissed that he's trashing. Well, I already said I feel bad for him, but I also don't disagree with Wes. I don't disagree either. I don't think <laughs> I think the ending definitely didn't need to go to the hospital for sure. Well, and remember, this was released in April of 2011. They did reshoots in early 2011, so I'm not sure how early, but... Obviously, they didn't have a whole lot of time. Right. And one of the things they especially did was they reshot the beginning and they added in uh, Allison Brie, Rebecca Walters. They added in her death scene, made it bigger Which than what one, it was. Is that the one that is not part of a stab movie that's actually part of Scream 4? The opening to this movie confuses me so much. The opening is Jenny. Rebecca is Sydney's publicist. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So this was Wes Craven's final film. Sadly, yes. he passed away uh, due to um, losing his battle with brain cancer. Mm, poor guy, man. This sucks. Yeah. If you wanted one more reason to think about how ugly it is that the Weinsteins are involved in this, there was a lawsuit by Kathy Conrad of Cat Entertainment. She was supposed to have the... Um, first rights to produce Scream movies. It's supposed to be in the contract, and they gave the production rights to Wes Craven's wife. And and I'm not putting this on her at all. She obviously didn't know what the contract was. And I forget exactly what kind of like slimy lingo that they tried to use about it, but um, they ended up filing off the record, like settling off the record. Really? Yeah. Wow. Settling out of court. So a little bit terminology. A little messy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Early draft of the script had Dewey and Gale with a baby. Oh, no. I don't know if I would have liked that. they decided that would be a pain in the ass to shoot. <sighs> Just because of a baby? Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, come on. $40 million, man. You can budget a good baby actor. 
Another version, another early draft, had the opening consisting of Sydney facing off with Ghostface, being left for dead, and then two years later, she's like, it's revealed that she's still alive and she's got like some amnesia issues. So It sounds like they were going to recycle that for a potential Scream 5. Okay, so a new intro, Mm -hmm. a new attack that wasn't part of any of the previous movies. Mm Mm-hmm. That's weird. That would like make it seem as though she, throughout the last movie until now, so like 10 years, she's been consistently attacked by ghost faces. I think that's part of the reason they didn't end up going with that. Yeah, that would be confusing. Well, it, not confusing. It would just be weird because like, why are we not talking about this? Wes Craven had a cameo in this, just like he always does, but it got cut. Oh, <laughs> his own cameo got cut. <laughs> Wow. And then finally, the opening scene. Now, I have read mock-ups of what one of the original openings with Jenny and Marnie was. And I was like, I remember reading this and somebody animated it out just to have an idea of what it would look like. But it involved one of them like hanging from a ceiling fan. Uh Pretty gory. But what was actually shot, and this clip is available online. It's available extra features on the DVD etc etc it doesn't have this like film within a film within a film thing it scraps all of that gets straight to the drama of it and it has jenny and marnie in jenny's house and they're pranking each other with the whole ghost face thing and eventually they just agree that they're gonna watch the movie and they're gonna you know chill out with all of the pranks marnie goes to the kitchen for snacks and when she turns around ghost faces behind jenny starts stabbing her and at first she thinks it's a prank and then she realizes it's not and then she's stabbed and then we go straight to the opening i don't like that as much i know some people i've read a lot of people online saying that they've watched it and they like it a lot better i don't like it as much i like the opening within an opening and i remember watching it in theaters and being like is this the real opening i don't know yet that's the best part about it you're yeah. just guessing the entire time and even whenever that one the real opening goes for so long you still question it (laughs) you're still a little bit on edge yeah and plus it's a fun way to get like cute little cameos in there without them feeling like forced characters yeah okay so that's all my fun facts okay a lot of good stuff there yeah i really love this movie (laughs) so travis are you ready to go with our good bad ugly and absurd i am ready okay so what's your good i believe that i don't know um <laughs> i don't i don't know where to start okay okay it's, <laughs> you have me scared for a second <laughs> i mean it's uh a lot of people don't i think a lot of people seem to not like this movie but i think that it has a lot of uh good qualities too i do one thing that i think that i like a lot compared to the other ones is i think that it is more of a violent movie. I think that it's interesting to see them ramp up the violence. And I feel like that has to be related to the opening discussion of torture porn movies. Because, Absolutely it is. Yeah, there's that was a big thing at this time. That was a big subgenre that really caught fire. And it was an interesting way to see them not go full into that territory, but at least up the violence a little bit. Because... I think it's fun seeing Ghostface be a little bit more violent. I mean, he's pretty fucking violent in the first movie, too. Like that um, Drew Barrymore 
kill. Yes, the opening absolutely. kill is really, really brutal. But this one right here, I feel like it kind of keeps the foot on the gas pedal the entire time. It doesn't really let up. Okay. What about you? I love so much about this. I like that it really does feel like it connects to the newer generation of horror fans because this was my first scream that I got to see in theaters. Because of my age, obviously, it wasn't really an option for one, two, or three. Yeah. Well, you could have been brought in. I would have been pretty young. Yeah. Some people would be and I'm not. of that. I'm not, like, judging people that do bring in children that young if they can handle it, but I wasn't at that point in my life yet. That's fair. And so it was really nice to go into the theaters and to see this, to see it adapted with, like, a focus on modern technology and incorporate it rather than shy away from it, which a lot of horror movies like to do. Like, how do we get rid of the cell phones? We don't. We make them vital to the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's Scream. Phones are a big part of all of them. Yeah, and I like I like the way that they made made that technology make even more sense. You know, like with the ghost faced app. Yeah. Of course, of course, that would be a thing. How do you think we did our opening <laughs> intro to the podcast, people? Yeah, it's an app. <laughs> uh, I want it to be clear though, there actually is no app, and it's really, really disappointing because I thought that there would be an app. Yeah. No, we had to do a lot of editing to get it to sound even kind of ghost face like. It's just straight up a voice actor. Yeah. Jojo, Jojo. Yep. And I think that it's it breathes a new life into this, which is something that can be hard to do when you have a decade past. Like, is it just going to be a nostalgia factor? But I think, like I said, it does a really good job of bringing in new people in a way that still feels true to the original trilogy. Yeah, I, I do like how it it's an interesting take on a remake. Because it's one of the first ones to keep the legacy characters there for the new batch of people. You know what I mean? And I like that, especially, and this is kind of more, you know, in retrospect, having seen Screams 5 and 6, we don't have this, like, constant, like, nudging of, like, you're all in danger because your legacy characters, you're all in danger because yeah, your legacy characters. Yeah. I know we get that a little bit in Scream 3, but it feels really hammered in in 5 and 6, you know? More so in 5, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and and that's not like a knock to those movies at all. It just, it, it is, you know, you mentioned the legacy characters and it, yeah. well, I, I mean, thought of that. They're one of the first ones to do it with this. I mean, they're not the first, I think one before this even uh really no never mind actually i was thinking of uh, texas chainsaw 3d but that came out after this okay so yeah i think scream could have been one of the ones to kick it off and i just i also just i love emma roberts yeah so that's always fun and i think the soundtrack is fun i like the soundtrack for this bad bad I had something in my head here, and now it's lost. It's lost me. I know that there's something that I don't like about this movie, I'm sure. I was positive when I mentioned the music that you were going to bring up the lack of red right hand. Oh, yeah, there is no red right hand in this. I forgot about that. Yeah, why is that? Is there a reason for that? I didn't look it up because I have my own headcanon, and it wouldn't matter what I would look up. I still like my headcanon for it. What's your headcanon? So this is a reboot, and... 
Jill doesn't actually give a shit about the original. She just cares about the success it had. So she's just like following the steps. So it's like mom, dead, sad. Uh-huh. Friend, dead, sad. Uh-huh. Boyfriend, dead, sad. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's very like by the numbers, like, okay, we did this and then this and then this. Like Jill has no respect for the original. Think about what Sydney says at the end. First rule of remakes, Jill, don't fuck with the original. That's true. That you know, and that is one of the things that I think um that that was what where my mind was at first. And I think so, sorry, what were you saying? And so I think that the exclusion of red white red right hand, whether or not it's intentional, I think it's a good play on the fact that this is meant to be a recreation of the first movie, but meaner because it's more it's not a revenge story, it's a fame story, and somehow that's uglier. Yeah, you know, you're right. And especially if you think about how violent Ghostface is. And I'm not even necessarily talking about the kills. Those those are pretty gruesome too. Think about the phone calls. Those are some of the nastiest phone calls in the whole franchise. Yeah. Like, I'm going to slit your eyelids open so you have to watch. Ooh. Holy shit. Yeah, that's that's gnarly. Like, Jill, we <laughs> get it. You're a psychopath. You think Calm that down. was Jill that did I that? Think I, oh, absolutely. That's... That's a hundred percent. Like, I know it's supposed to be a character, Jill Roberts, but it's Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts was like, you know, if you, you know, what you should say, Roger. <laughs> Isn't that funny that her last name is also Roberts in this? Yeah, come on, it is kind of funny how that worked out. Yeah. Um. No. One of the, I guess my bad would be I think that once again I don't really think it introduces a whole lot of new rules. You know what I mean? I don't think that there's really a whole lot new to say at this point. Like it's kind of doing the. Re- remake thing but it's not really actually a remake it's like a brand new story with you know family of the original less of a shriekwell more of a screamake yeah along those lines who says that uh it was either charlie or robbie yeah one of of those nerds yeah it see it's the same it's one of the same issues i had with scream 3 i think is that there's just not a lot of commentary on the rules and you know that's fine but i think that that is a big part of the Scream franchise, pointing out those things. And I don't know. Like, I think it would make more sense if they did a true remake. I don't know. I think we do get some of that, you know, like the whole violence for violence's sake. Think about Olivia's kill. It happens right after we watch her get changed in front of a window with open curtains for whatever reason, despite the fact that we know that there are cops all around the house. She changes with the curtain wide open. We get that shot. And then Ghostface comes in and kill her. I think that's, I think that's a type of commentary on horror in and of itself. I I could be entirely wrong. You know what I mean? But that's that's what my bad is for this. I mean, okay. it's not a bad movie. I don't have a whole lot bad. I'm really grasping at straws here. But that's that is a thing that I did think to myself is that I didn't really think that the commentary on the rules were as groundbreaking or as on point as previous movies. I I will kind of agree that I think the commentary could have been a little bit better. It ironically one of the false openings where they have like the Facebook stalker, you know, she jokes yeah. around. I guess it would be Twitter now. I think <laughs> that that would be kind of interesting to see Ghostface use social media that way. Oh, yeah. Rather than we get some cool stuff with 
Robbie in the camera. I like the live streaming aspect of it. I think that's really cool. I think it's really interesting, but I don't know how necessarily prevalent that is in people's See, lives. I thought with that right there that they would have delved a little bit more into like found footage territory because that was a thing that had blown up yeah. since. And that was primed for it. You don't have to go full found footage. I know that people, there are some people that just straight up hate that subgenre of horror movies, but are you one of them? I don't. I'm. You gave me a look, is why I ask. <laughs> I've been pretty vocal about how I feel about found footage. I think most of the time it's a really tenuous setup. You know, at best it's nonsensical, at worst it's a bunch of shaky footage that makes you nauseous to watch. I like the idea of the Ghostface Killer live streaming his kills, and we don't actually get any of that. Yeah. But you get like theories that that's what they're doing. And in fact, like actually, Gail even says live streaming it. They're wanting to get it on camera, but like that's not the actual goal. They're yeah. just luring Gail there to kill her. You well, know what I mean? They are recording. They are going to upload the footage. It's just not live. They're going to edit and splice everything together and try and frame Make their own Trevor. Movie. Yeah. 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 Well, that's fine. But I think the live streaming aspect would have been cool, personally. Give me shots of that. Give me shots of like first person killing. Yeah. I would have liked that. What's your ugly? The ugly? Mm, Trevor's not that bad of a guy, and he gets shot in the dick. <laughs> shot in the dick. Shot, shot in the dick. He's very much played to be this asshole, but you don't really get a lot of him. And I think it's just the framing of the scenes and the people's um their temperament towards him. I do think if we were watching a different genre of movie, we would call Trevor an asshole, but compared to you know, so many of our characters. It does like cheating on your girlfriend doesn't seem that bad in the grand scheme of things. And even then, who are we to believe? Is did he really I mean, I guess he did act guilty, but he didn't really deny it, but like at the same time, it's fucking Joe. When Jenny <laughs> when Jenny gets a call at the beginning of the movie, she assumes it's Trevor. Oh, really? And then the next day he's in the hall, like trying to talk to Jill. Okay. I'm not that observant. <laughs> okay, he is a little bit of a piece of shit, but he didn't. Res he did not no. deserve to have his dick shot. No, that's so much extra. Fuck you, and then you shoot him in the head. Like, come on. <laughs> I get it. You're wanting to make him suffer a little bit, but I just in general, I'm against genital trauma in horror movies. I think it's not exactly fun to watch, okay. no matter the gender. That's fair. What about you? Uh. The fact that Dewey and Gail are having a strained marriage and in real life, Courtney Cox and David Arquette were going through some strains in their marriage and would divorce not too much later. Isn't that really weird that that just happened to be happening simultaneously? Like, and it's so sad because they, you know, they started dating after being on set together in the first one. Yeah, and it's got to be extra weird because... The whole part of acting, you're just getting yourself in the character. You have to be in that headspace of my wife and I are having very tough uh, home life situations going on right now. I have to be kind of conflicted about it. And then instead of getting a break from that, whenever you come off set, like to you're not in character anymore, you're still having the same exact thing with the very same person. Yeah. At the same time, you can channel that energy into those characters and it can make <laughs> for some very good performances. But you know, it's uh, it's very unfortunate. Okay, absurd. Uh, 
absurd. This is a hall pass with Robbie Mercer. What's your favorite scary movie? Okay. His whole, who is he streaming to? Who is watching this shit in the middle of a school day? The fans. Is he live streaming it? I think he's live streaming it because, yeah, at the same time, why isn't the other dude live live streaming any? Because even Charlie's not that much of a nerd. Yes, he is. He's a nerd with self-awareness. I guess. I don't know. You know what? (laughs) Yeah, that's my absurd. Okay. You. Oh, Jill beating the ever-living fuck out of herself. Yeah. At that scene just goes balls to the wall, and then I think my favorite part of it is when she takes the hunting knife, holds it up to her shoulder, and then runs into the wall, and then is shocked at how much it hurts. She goes, oh, fuck! And then she, like, kicks over. T- I love it. I love it. It's so absolutely, like, 100 miles per hour, that shit, <laughs> yeah. and I love it. To do all that, and then you wake up, and you're like, oh, yeah, she's still alive. You're like, God, damn, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> All right. So what are you what are you rating this on out of a ten? I like it. I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's the worst one. I think some people think it's the worst. Um I would rate it um seven point five. Okay. <laughs> That's a good score. Come on. You sound disappointed that I would rate it so well. I'm worried you're gonna be disappointed in me. You're giving it a nine point five. 9.75. 9.75. Yup. Wowie. Care to elaborate? <laughs> it's probably my second favorite in the franchise. This is your second favorite? Honestly. I was thinking that it would cool after watching it so recently, but I still think that 6 is probably my second favorite. I I need to rewatch it again, and obviously we'll do you know our post-mortem where we yeah. rank all of them. But right now, I used to say that it was one, two, four, three very easily, but four and two being very, very close. And I think after rewatching both of them like in depth, four edges it out for okay. sure. Nice. Okay. And I it's one it. that I just, I'm always excited to watch. This is true. She's been begging to watch this. And now that we finally got it off the podcast checklist, we can yes. just throw it back into the rotation. Any night is Scream 4 night. Yes. Look abs- out, people. Every night is Scream 4 night, I think you mean. <laughs> All right. So we're starting with an average of 8.625. Okay. Awesome. Which I think is exactly what this movie deserves. That's pretty high. 8. In terms 6.65. of averages. <laughs> yeah, that's a good average. That's, that's very, by most movies' standards, generous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's do this. So we start off with the opening of apparently Stab Six. Uh, yes. <laughs> Lucy Hale and her friends are arguing over Saw 4 and Jigsaw and character development and all of that, which I think is really funny since they're two just like throwaway characters at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And also, also, since they're specifically mentioning Saw 4, I feel like that's a little bit rude because we follow Detective Riggs. He is in all three of the Saw movies up until that point, and then he gets his whole movie. Saw 4 is even more awesome because it's actually a prequel or like a sidequel to yeah. Saw 3. Yeah, and like the characters that we see in it, we get like these whole like overarching themes, like the the couple, the dad that abuses the wife and daughter, that ties into so many of the different traps. And so much of Riggs' character development. I just think 
I think Saw 4 was a weird choice for them to talk about a lack of character development. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand it. They, <laughs> they're just looking for a target for torture porn. And you know what? If, if you were to choose one, go with Hostel. Hostel yeah. was a super influential movie at this time. People really don't like that movie because of its pure torture pornness and lack of other story elements to it. Torture pornness and just porn pornness. Yes, very much both. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that would be. But then again, Saw was probably way bigger. The Hostel is pretty big too. Well, then also we'd be breaking the fourth wall because Heather Matarazzo is in Hostel too, and she is also Randy's sister. Oh, you and the right. twins' mother. So yeah, it, it's a better fit. Come on, <laughs> Hostel should have been the choice here. Either way, okay. So anyway, they're arguing about that. One of the girls has a Facebook stalker, and she's showing her friend about it. Uh, it's Trudy and Sherry, by the way, are their names. Okay. And their names are spelled with IEs on the end. Listen. Weird. Yeah, Trudy and Sherry are not names that are meant to be spelled with an IE. Mm-mm. No. So she shows her friend the stalker person, and it's a picture of Channing Tatum. <laughs> How do you not know that it's Channing Tatum? I honestly, like, if his face wasn't in there, I probably wouldn't recognize his body on site either. Was it just his body, not his face? Yeah. I thought it was like, <laughs> it would be hilarious if it was just a headshot of Channing Tatum, like, <laughs> actually accepting an award on stage. Like, whoa, this guy's really high. He, he seems to be in me, really successful, big time <laughs> actor. You know, so he does say, like, you're super hot. I want to kill you. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> She's so casual about it, too. She's so casual about it, but then when she gets the actual call, she's mad at the phone being, like, given to her. She's like, it's just a prank. And then the doorbell rings, and she goes, no, don't open it. I'm scared. But Lucy Hale opens it anyway. Sorry, I don't know which one's Trudy and which one's Sherry. So Lucy, yeah, Lucy opens the door anyway. She goes, see, nobody's here. But then Ghostface is inside the house, kills the the one friend with the Facebook stalker. And then there's a second Ghostface right on the porch. And then (laughs) we see the Sab 6 uh, title card. Boom. Now we're with Kristen. Kristen Bell and Anna Paquin. I went through so many other Kristen names in my head. Kristen Wiig, Kristen Stewart. (laughs) And Anna Paquin, I love her quote about this. She said, a bunch of articulate teens sit around and deconstruct horror movies until Ghostface kills them one by one. It's been done to death. The whole self-aware postmodern meta shit. Stick a fork in 1996 already. Damn. Love it. I love it with her little gap tooth lisp (laughs) and everything. Oh, yeah. She's the girl from Trick or Treat. That's right. Yes. Yeah, Kevin Williamson just straight up roasting himself right there. Yeah. I love it. He's self-aware. Yeah, we, we, totally. we love We love a self-aware writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Kristen's like, I like the stab movies. There's something scary about a guy with a knife who just snaps. That's a quote from one, right? I think so. And I'm pretty sure that's what Drew Barrymore says about Halloween. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think we go through this every time we mention this quote. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's it's the so case. it's something like that or something similar to it's that. It's definitely that because he asked the favorite movie and she says Halloween and he's like, oh why? 
that sort of explanation. Either way, I love the fact that the argument just ceases to continue because Kristen Stewart's character gets so Kristen fed up. Bell. Kristen Bell's character. Kristen gets... Stewart is Bella. Kristen... I understand that that's confusing. There's so many famous <laughs> Kristens. I've been watching so many famous Kristens wa- uh, lately. It's Kristen <laughs> Wiig. We watched Bridesmaids recently, and yep. you know that's in my mind now. She's too many Kristens. Too many famous Kristens out there. Help me, I'm famous. <laughs> I, d- I still don't even remember her name now. Kristen saps her in the gut. I don't care. <laughs> it's and the thing is, this is stab. Stab uh, seven. I'm sure follows the same rules as <laughs> screen movies, or maybe not. In screen movies, tummy stabs are non-fatal. In stab movies, maybe they are fatal. Yeah. I think that would be funny if it was um, more generous than in real life, or I guess less generous. I don't know. But then, you know, we're going to be talking about Stab 6 soon, so. Yeah. yeah. Stab 6. <laughs> or <Right>, Scream 6. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting too mixed up. Ah! This intro has got us all fucked up right now. Okay. We're into the real movie at this point. Yes. They're watching Stab 7, and Marnie's saying... If the opening to stab seven is stab six, then the opening is the opening to stab six, stab five. And if so, what is stab four about? And Jenny says, you're overthinking it. And she says, am I or is whoever wrote this underthinking it? Again, I feel like this is Kevin Williamson being self-aware. I think he wrote himself into a little paradox here. <laughs> Just like, I don't know what the in-universe logic is anymore. <laughs> I like to imagine that he was writing these as their own intros, and then he kept writing himself into a loophole. It's like, new new intros. It's a, it's another movie. Step. Okay, start over. <laughs> and he's like, fuck, I did it again. New movie. That's step seven. Okay. It's like the, it's like the what is it, Panera commercial, where it's like, bread is still good a day after you bake it. So why don't we sell it? But because we- bread is still good <laughs> after two days so why do we sell it <laughs> and the first time i heard that yeah i thought it was just gonna keep looping he's gonna keep confusing himself new movie <laughs> panera 2 <laughs> okay okay so jenny talks to marnie like how i assume most of my coworkers hear me when i'm talking about horror movies at work because she's just like, no, these are based on real events all the way up through uh, the first three are based on real events here in Woodsboro, and then they just kind of went off the rails. Stab 5 has time travel, which is by far the worst. <laughs> I want to see that. Like, I know. That sounds awesome. I want to I want to read like the synopses of each of the Stab movies. I really want somebody to start making Stab movies. <sighs> I know that they're just screen movies, but come on, still. So Jenny hears the sound and she goes upstairs to check on it. The phone rings downstairs and she asks Marty to answer it. And when Marty does, it's Ghostface. Except it's not. It's Jenny uh. with a nap. So Marty is actually attacked, but Jenny thinks it's a joke. So when she goes down there, you know, nobody's nobody's down there. And then she gets a call and she says, is this Trevor? And Ghostface says, it's not Trevor. And then they have like a whole chase down the hallway and she talks about her IQ. Only douchebags know their IQ offhand yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like how this all goes to a scream callback with the Tatum kill yeah. in the garage. Like it feels just shot exactly the same. She's even cause, so you can have two different approaches to a serial killer. You can either be humble and beg for your life, or you can say, Fuck you, I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jenny went with option number two. <laughs> you know what though? I will 
now that I'm thinking about it with this right here, this shot of um, almost like the Tatum kill, this does give more credit to the remake aspect of the movie. Exactly. Because it's setting up yeah. similar scenes. Yeah. I don't think it happens anymore later on down the road. I mean, there are instances, but still, that's not important. Well, now we cut to the sounds playing. The and sound. we almost got to see them at Shaky Knees, but then a certain uh, global pandemic happened. Hey. <laughs> it's kind of redundant to say global pandemic, isn't it? Because that's um, what pan means. Is it? Yeah, well, you're right. Also bread. <laughs> I guess it depends on. Pandera. But if the pandemic <laughs> is still good in two days, then why don't we sell it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. All right, we've gone off the rails. Yes. Nobody's going to find that funny except for us. Yeah, that's that's a deep cut for us. <laughs> okay, so we get title card. We're actually in Scream 4 now. Yes. Sid has arrived into Woodsboro, and she's got a book signing event. Yep. And people have decorated the town full of ghost face hanging up on the streetlights, which, Sydney's like, well, I guess the kids don't really remember it happening. And Rebecca goes, no, I wanted your opinion on the book display, which is just a book display. Yeah. It's a pile of books. It's not that, like... That was that was Wes Craven injecting himself there. He's like, talk about the bookstore. Like, it's really really cool, isn't it? And Rebecca threatened this man's cat over this book, like over a stack of books. She's weird. She's just weird. I like she her is. character. I like that actor, but her whole character in this, I just, it's, she's strange. Yeah. So, where are we at? Uh, Dewey wakes up. To the Beverly Hills Cop theme song. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, um, he, he gets like a unique theme here when he walks out of the house. I like to think that he's been saving that as his alarm <laughs> ringtone for the <laughs> yeah. day he made Sheriff. No, I'm talking about his alarm oh, that? ring. Yeah. <laughs> like that's Dewey's theme now. <laughs> yeah. Dun, 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 it's dun. a remix of Dewey's theme <laughs> and Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Oh, yeah. Like he's, he's wanting to be Sheriff. So he's like, okay, I'm finally Beverly Hills Cop, baby. He's woken up next to Gail, though, so you can see that. The engagement from the last movie that happened out of nowhere. Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> we'll yeah. get into that here in a minute. We, I love that. No matter where we're at in the franchise, we only get the bad parts of their relationship. Yeah, everything good happens off screen. I don't understand. Like every single time, they are always struggling in some way. It's meanwhile it's over on the friends set. Whenever they got married, they put Arquette as everybody's last name oh, yeah. to honor Courtney Cox Arquette. <laughs> okay. Two, diff two different genres, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So he does yell at a speeding Kirby because it's a small town. Of course, he knows everybody's vehicles. And she is going way too fast in a residential street. She fucking sucks at driving. Yeah. No, she's, she's just bad. Terrible. She's bad. Yeah. So she goes to pick up Jill and Olivia, and she's like, before you get in, you have to promise not to kill me. And Jill's like, why? And she goes, Trevor called. And then Olivia comes out, and she's like, Trevor called. <laughs> that was smart of her to make that promise there. Promise not to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll like, let Charlie do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't even catch that. Her saying promise not to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, she... Um, 
They've all gotten calls from Ghostface. Yeah. Well, no. Olivia and Jill both get calls from Ghostface. One gets it from Marnie's phone. One gets it from Jenny's phone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And Olivia is scared of Jill's cousin, Sid, who is going to be staying with Jill and her mom while she's in town. Yeah. She's got that uh, reputation of being just death if you're around her. Yeah. Olivia calls her the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Which, whew. Okay, so Dewey is annoyed at the new generation joking about the earlier murders, which I think comes back to my whole point about this being like a remake where they didn't really care about the gravity of the original. They're just like, yeah, we're going to make it violenter and we're going to be more famous. You know what? You're right. You're right. I think you're right about that. That's good little commentary. It's subtle. Yes. It's too subtle for me. I'm dumb. (laughs) I needed to be spelled out. Uh, And can we talk about Marley Shelton and these lemon squares? Because she's like, I made some lemon squares. And he says, no, thanks. It's 9 a.m. He doesn't say that it's 9 a.m. part out loud, but it's <laughs> yeah. there. And she goes, Sheriff, it's not cheating on your wife if you eat my lemon squares. Whoa, whoa, is. whoa, Judy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just changed the whole dynamic. <laughs> yeah. And if I don't eat them, am I cheating on you? What am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you stumped them. It's like, shit. And, and Dewey, to his credit, is as smooth as he possibly can and is like, it would be cheating on my diet. He's like, all right, going to sidestep the lemon square issue and the flirting issue because you, I'm your superior officer. I am married. This is a whole host of trouble right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's such a weird thing to say to somebody, though. You're not cheating on your wife if you eat the things that I made here and brought for everybody. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying that to you. Like, yeah. I'm going to make cookies. I'm like, yeah. it's not cheating on me if you eat my cookies. <laughs> oh, it'll make me feel weird. I'm like, oh, my diet. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gail is watching Sid on the news, and they do see, like, I don't know that they're actually friends, but I think they are friendly Jill at this and point. Sid. Gail and Sid. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Gail and Sid. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking that they were friends until you corrected me one time and saying they're not actually friends. They're yeah. just really close because of the circumstances. They're close because of the circumstances. And also, Sydney is friends with Dewey. Yeah. And that's and that actually, <laughs> when I was watching this, I was paying more attention to their relationship because it's had more time to develop. And yeah, they don't really seem to be friends at this point. And especially when we talk about Scream 5 next month. We'll yeah. be able to dig into the dynamic a little bit even further because I feel like it's even more evident in some ways without Dewey around. Probably, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it. Um, she is trying to work on her new book, and she is typing in what I believe is the Castellana font, which is just Ooh. a terrible font choice uh, <laughs> for typing your general working I, I could see it for like you know chapter one like if you want to be fancy if you want to hype yourself up that way that's fine i feel like it'd be really annoying to change the font every time you start a new chapter but i guess you do you gail you've written award-winning best-selling novels that's fine i just i i question maybe it's like a motivation thing because that is a large font and it makes her feel like she's written more it's possible I'm staring off into the middle distance as I talk about this with Travis and he's just like I could feel him waiting patiently for me to finish my sentence (laughs) Um, I'm very bothered by this font choice it's not natural that's totally fair 
You know what, though? I think the intro that she actually ends up writing would be an actually good intro. That would catch me. She's like, I don't know what to fucking write. If a book starts off with that, I'm like, ooh, but she did. <laughs> no, <laughs> what but the rest of doing? the pages are blank. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what she actually did right. She didn't know what to do, and now she's figuring it out along the way. Let's find out together. <laughs> I also, I think that if they were to ever kill off her character, I think that would be a good way is to do it in an opening with her, like, writing the book. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, incorporate that somehow. I feel like that's what is appropriate for her. She's still going. She's still going somehow. I'm sorry if we... Spoiled Scream 6. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's been out for a while now. Come on. Now. Yeah, yeah. You should you should know that you're not safe with that here. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Robbie is insensitive to tragedy as well because say it with me, teenagers are assholes. They are. And he's pestering everybody in the hallway with Hall Pass with Robbie Mercer. So I don't even know what this is. It's like a little show that he's recording on his own, live streaming it. Amazed that the school allows this. I, I am too. Honestly, like this all happened when we were out of high school. That's Things true. have changed a lot since we were there. People straight up have their smartphones more often than like back then when we had phones. Like they weren't really. I feel so fucking old saying that, but. Back then, we had like the stupid little flip phones that couldn't really do much. I didn't so have we, the flip phone. I had a slider phone. I had one of those too. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm just generalizing here because that's what most people remember. But you know, you also, want... I'm pretty sure in the opening of this movie, she had uh, the sidekick. I'm sure one she of did. the openers. It's 2011. iPhones were out. I had an iPhone 4 when this movie came okay. out. What do you have now? Like an iPhone 6? Eight. Okay. I'm behind the times. No. By most people's standards. We are fiscally responsible. Fiscally responsible, yes. I don't Both need... of our phones are old as shit, but they still work. I don't need to get the new iPhone. Exactly. Some people feel inclined to, and you know what? If that's what you want to do, that's fine, but that's not what I want to do. I like not having a $400 a month phone bill. I love it, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's just walking around asking everybody what's their favorite scary movie. He asks Kirby. Kirby's his Bambi. Mm-hmm. I like that answer. It's pretty horrifying opening. I think Charlie digs that answer too. Charlie like is like a chihuahua humping the leg of a German shepherd. You know what I mean? Like But be real though, this is every horror nerd's dream girl right here. Yeah. It's you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, right here. You would you I know, was gonna would... say I'm kind of into Kirby, so Yeah, you would be like you would be a Kirby. I would be a Charlie. I don't wanna admit that, but <laughs> you're a Colkin? I'm a Colkin. <gasps> are you the sixth Colkin brother? I could be. How many are there? There's five, right? About to be six. Macaulay, Rory, who's the one in Scott Pilgrim? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's a different Colkin. Hold on, we're gonna look this up. There's Macaulay, Rory, Corey. Are you sure it's Rory Boris. or Corey? Uh, <laughs> Kieran. Kieran. There we go. Okay. Now I'm going to Google how many Culkin brothers. Oh, boy. We're getting down into the deep, deep stuff today. How many Culkins must a man travel down? How many Culkins are there? <laughs> how many Culkins must um, <laughs> a man travel oh, down? Oh, seven. Okay. So you're the eighth Culkin sibling. I'm the eighth. All yeah. right. Oof. Macaulay, Kieran, and Rory are the t- three that pursued acting professionally. 
Oh, I thought they were saying one of them's named Igby, but that's the name of a movie they were in. Okay. <laughs> Igby Culkin. <laughs> I, you know what? Maybe. If they all look like that, one of them is bound to be named Igby. The right? ninth one is named Squibs. <laughs> <laughs> Squibs Culkin, the most famous. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right, so Trevor sneaks up and starts talking to Jill. That is when they have the whole conversation about him cheating on her or something. I don't know. They have drama going on. The most cringy speech to him, which I think is perfect for like high school drama because, you know, in her head, she's like, this is super fucking deep. You know what? My bad. This is something that actually I was thinking whenever we were watching this movie is that this movie feels way more high school than any of the other ones to a degree that it's like lifetime levels of high school at points. I love how realistically cringy this speech to him is though. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. It's just, it's weird how, how high school this movie and feels at times. And then I also love how immediately afterwards when Robbie says, Ooh, Dean Nod, live on Hall Pass with Robbie Mercer. Tell me, Trevor, what's your favorite scary movie? And Trevor goes, I'll show you. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and it, it actually, actually works. Him. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting me. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Trevor has probably swirlied Robbie at least once. Probably. If swirlies are still a thing. Whatever the 2000s equivalent was. Yeah. I say that like we didn't go to high school in the 2000s. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bold move of him to do that, though. I do like that he just straight up goes, ooh, he got rejected. What's your favorite scary movie? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> okay. So Sydney is at is doing her talk at the bookstore and talking about basically how she realized that if she ever wanted to have like a fulfilling life, she needed to stop being afraid, which... That's not the way she words it. She words it better. That doesn't sound like being afraid means you don't have a fulfilling life. She doesn't let fear um, conquer her. It's like yes. me with the spiders. I don't let them control my life anymore. I used to see them outside and they would taunt me and I would never be able to walk outside anymore, but not anymore. I see those spiders and I walk past them. Now you give them eight high fives at a time, one for each of their little spider legs. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I snub them. Would you fist bump one of their little spider legs? Only if it's a cute one. No, fist bump. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I would do it. (laughs) Okay. So, Gail pops up. She wants to see the speech, or she wants to see the talk, and they're, you know, talking, and then all of a sudden, Dewey pops up, but he's there on business, and he's like, oh, we traced a cell phone to this location, and it's coming from the back of Sid's rental. You know what this feels like? Though this feels like it could have been a publicity stunt. Well, that's what Rebecca immediately gets on the phone and is saying, I thought that this was going to be super lame, but now we got a dead body in yeah. her chunk. And- I mean, it's free press, but come on, man. That, for the sake of a person actually dying. <laughs> She's very cold in this movie. So everybody in class gets notifications on their cell phone all at once. And it's that Jenny, Randall, and Marnie Cooper were stabbed to death last night. Judy won't let Gail into Dewey's office to uh, be part of the interview. And Gail's trying to insist that she, you know, helped solve the original murders. And also she knows Sydney. And Judy's like, uh, Dewey, Dewey, uh, she she wants in. She wants to be part of the investigation, sir. Yeah, she's like a tattletale. She really is. And here's the thing. We talked about this too. The timing of this and when 
Scream 5 takes place. Little Wes has to be like, what, He's seven, eight years old? He, yeah, he's he's young and at this point. She's Six at the youngest. And every night she comes home, she's like, hey, daddy, your yeah. future daddy. Yeah, she thing. holds up pictures of Dewey and she's like, this is going to be your daddy someday, Wes. He didn't eat the lemon squares today. Someday. I'm going to get him next day. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Wes signs all of like his homework, like Wes Riley. And we'll, next month, we'll cover the resentment that this all builds into <laughs> with one of the most devastating lines delivered in all of Scream. We will wait until next month to discuss that. Yeah, when we were talking about this, you're like, that's why he hates him so much. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Nice little lore just built in right here. Uh, normally, I feel like we do better about not talking about the future sequels during an episode, but it's just so hard not to make references with this one. With this it, one, for sure. This one, I feel like, really ties the two eras of the franchise together. It's right there in the middle. Well, this one's just like a weird little entry that was supposed to be a whole new trilogy, and then it just fell short with the intro movie. Yeah. It's weird. Okay, next up. <sighs> okay. Uh. Olivia and Jill are talking about how they got calls. Like, they're at the police station now because they got calls. And Kirby's there because she drove them. And she's like, wait, I didn't get a call. Am I in danger? And Dewey goes, no. Well, wait, maybe. And, like, Dewey, where is the, like, the smooth, that would be cheating on my diet, deputy, or sheriff <laughs> that we had earlier. Now you're telling this 17-year-old, I don't know, maybe you'll die. It's yeah. possible. In, in this town... Baby, the odds are there. I think he thought he was thinking it because he's like, no, you won't. And then he looks to the side, like, actually, yeah, probably. And then he's like, he's like, oh, shit, I said that. He's like, why don't I have an ice cream cone right now? <laughs> I think best when I have a scoop of strawberry right here. I really wish I got that lemon square. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Kirby starts freaking out because she thinks she's up next. So now Sydney is saying, like, maybe I need to leave. And they're actually, they're like, actually, you can't. And <laughs> Judy's a little bit less nice about it. And then Dewey goes, nobody thinks it's you. However, it was your rental. So yeah. that's kind of sus. <laughs> <laughs> also, several of the previous sequels have, you know, tried to turn you into the killer. And we've read those original drafts. So I am a little suspicious. That's true. That's true. That's a good way to play on the whole thing of her maybe being one too well and the cast literally for this movie they only got the first 75 pages of the script out of 140 pages so that way they wouldn't have the killer spoiled for they them. learned their lesson mm -hmm. uh, they hard. absolutely did yeah. kevin williamson slept with the original under his pillow at night <laughs> yeah okay so rebecca talks to gail sticks her foot in her mouth she geeks out but in such a backhanded compliment type of way She's like, oh, wow, you used to be so big. How have you handled not being big anymore? <laughs> yeah, you. kudos to you for dropping off the professional map. And Gail's like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and she's surprised that Gail isn't friendly back to her. Okay, so Sid's aunt, <laughs> Jill's mom, is there as Kirby and Jill are helping get dinner together. And Kirby is like, think about the scars she must have. And Jill's mom who is every bit as melodramatic as Jill herself says, I have scars too. Her mother was my sister. Nobody ever asked about my scars. This whole family is just a family of people being like, I wish I was as famous as you. That also feels like it kind of casts a 
suspicion onto her also. She's so much not a part of this movie. Yeah. She comes back later to die, and that's it. She's only written in so she can die. Yeah. She has, like, no influence on Jill as a person at all. Other than maybe (laughs) planting that seed of jealousy a little bit. I don't know, because they relate in that aspect, at least. Okay, so Trevor sneaks into Jill's room, and we're getting, like, a whole recreation of... Billy and Sydney and yep. Scream One. So there we go. We got some more remake action going on. And then it's funny because Sydney is watching from the door and it's like she's watching the movie play out right in front of yeah. her too. She's just staring and it's got to be so awkward. And then as she's leaving the room, Judy is just standing in the shadows. So creepy. I, honestly, I was convinced she was the killer based on this shot alone. I was like, yeah. that's a murder. She's killed somebody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's she the way that the and not even in like her. a police kind of way but yeah. like she's just like actually killed somebody yeah no i know what you mean she does have <laughs> she has uh, serial killer eyes <laughs> she emerges from the shadows in a way that a killer would what was it that we learned recently that marley shelton was in valentine no oh that's always surprised me that she was in valentine i don't know she's in a lot of things yeah, but it was something that specifically we're like, whoa, she's in that. Hold on. I got to look this up now, too, don't okay. I? Marley Shelton. I mean, she is in a shit ton of shit because I'm pretty sure it was before Valentine even. We were like, what? You might be right. I don't remember. Valentine was a big surprise for me. No, but. Oh, she's Wendy Peppercorn in <gasps> the Sandlot. That's right. That's so weird. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe that's her. Okay. She went from that to emerging from the shadows like this. (laughs) Okay. So, So, anyway. It's even even more creepy, though, because she starts talking to Sydney about, oh, yeah, we went to school together. You don't remember me. I remember you. We were in a play together. Tiger Lily. Yeah. She's got the spacey eyes, and yeah. it's kind of like Pennywise how Bill Skarsgård mm-hmm, does the mm-hmm. eye drift thing. She kind of starts to eye drift. Yeah, like Can you imagine? Well, it's like she's staring intensely at Sid, but she's not focused at the same time. Yeah. It's pretty, it's I'm ready honestly for, a pretty good acting bit from Marley. I'm about ready for her to go, hiya, Georgie. <laughs> okay, so Haas and Perkins are sitting out front, patrolling, sort of, and... Kirby and Jill are watching Shaun of the Dead inside. Olivia is home alone, and they try to invite her over, but she doesn't want to be in the house with Sydney. Yeah, which turns out to be a bad move. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> she's actually safe over there. Jill prank calls her, and I love Jill not even attempting to use like any. Well, and it, I mean, she can't use the app without it being suspicious. But she's like, "What's your favorite scary movie, Olivia?" Yeah. She knows the voice. Kind of for Emma Roberts, <laughs> not not as like a backhanded compliment for her. Like she does, she's not Mojo Jojo here, voice acting. But <laughs> yeah, she answers a call. Yeah, yeah. Kirby gets an um actual answers an actual call, and it's from Ghostface, and she assumes it's Trevor. They all assume it's Trevor. Well, it has, Apparently, Trevor just as Trevor's name on it. Yeah, but it's the Ghostface voice. Yeah, and they've gotten other calls from other people's phones. So at this point, they shouldn't just assume that it's whoever it says on the caller ID. It seems like it's always Trevor. They hate Trevor. They yeah. are trying their best to Bolt just Trevor. Fuck him off. Yeah, all my friends hate Trevor. <laughs> He's like, I'm in the closet, and Kirby's like, bullshit, and she pulls back some clothes, and she's like, I'm over this game, and he's like, I didn't never said I was in your closet, and it's Olivia's, and then there's 
so much blood happening. This is such a violent kill. Olivia's being thrown around. Sydney runs out. Haas and Perkins aren't in the car, so she runs in next door. But by the time she gets up there, it's too late. I love this. So. What? Now, we made a joke about how there's cell phones, so at least this time, you know, it makes sense that Sydney got a call. It wasn't her cell phone that was ringing. It was Olivia's cell phone. So oh, she answered Sydney it? Sydney is still answering other people's phones. God damn it, man. <laughs> Why is she doing this? Because Sydney is entitled to every phone call in the whole world. What if this was an unrelated thing? It wasn't even Ghostface. It was just somebody <laughs> like else. Like a telemarketer. Yeah. <laughs> or like the pharmacy, like your prescription's ready. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, sorry. This is confidential. <laughs> She's dead, by the way. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously Ghostface is there. And when Jill comes over to accuse Sydney of being the angel of death she gets the i am the killer mark that's mm-hmm. held true so many times yeah. in the series yeah the only person that got this cut on the forearm that wasn't a killer was Derek, and he was originally going to be the killer yeah exactly so they need to ch- change that up a little bit a, l- a little bit yeah i don't know if it happened in six or not but either way stop stop doing that <laughs> uh perkins and haas it re- it's revealed that they weren't in the car because they saw Ghostface. One went one way, one went the other to try and cut him off, and then they wound up running into each other. They're they, like the cops from Halloween 5. I was about to say <laughs> the same thing. I need the clown sound effects. <laughs> These guys need because they're comedic relief. They're not very good cops. I mean, they don't have to be. It's fucking Woods... Well, it's Woodsboro 10 years after the murders. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, it's chilled out a little bit. They assumed it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. They should have rented it The other murders didn't, you know, the events of two and three didn't even take place in Woodsboro. They were nope. just related to people from Woodsboro. <laughs> You're right. So it's been 15 Woods. years since any horrific murders in Woodsboro. They don't have to be very good cops. That's true. You know, you're on to something there. <laughs> they Either just way. know how to, like, do a traffic stop and, like, Take marijuana from the 15-year-olds in the parking lot of the high school. Yeah. Like, that's what their jobs generally are. Uh, They're in over their heads here. Okay. So, Robbie is once again a psychopath about death and says, now he'll never get to sleep with Olivia. Way to eulogize the dead, Robbie. You've really got a future in public speaking. Yeah. Uh, Gail wants to kind of, like, trade information with each other she's like you guys share with me the information you have and maybe i'll get you a guest appearance at cinema club and robbie and charlie both go wow you can get sydney to show up to cinema club and she's like cool me (laughs) how about me and they're like no Um, offense but sydney yeah sydney yeah you're kind of washed up (laughs) so rebecca tells Sydney, that she's got a contract for like three new books, I think it is. It's a lot. Yeah, and like tours and all of these plans. And Sydney's like, did you read my book? And Rebecca's like, I was waiting for the movie. (laughs) Yeah, it was stabbed. (laughs) And she's like, the book tour is over. And she goes, no, but think about how many more of these downtrodden fucks you could reach with even more books. And then Sydney goes, you're fired. Yeah. This is... This is Sydney's most badass moment out of the whole series, I think. Because the way she's just like... Would, yeah. 
She's just like, you're fired. You completely missed the point of what I was trying to do with this. Yeah. I like how immediately after, though, she gets a call and she continues to be like working for Sydney. Well, she just assumes that Sydney will get over it. Yeah. And Ghostface calls her out and he's like, it sounds like you're in a parking garage and maybe not actually with Sydney in the hospital. Also, how the fuck do you have service right now? Right. (laughs) And then she's like, well, I'll get a message to her. And he's like, you are the message. And she's like, what? And then she is stabbed a lot and thrown onto a police van or a news van. In the middle a of van. a like a police, uh, what it was a public conference where they're yeah, just press giving conference all, yeah. where Dewey says that everything's under control. Yep, right after that. Mm-hmm. Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Again, actually. Though, look, they have way more people on hand here. That person is not. With the response time, they're already on the top of the parking garage. Tipping that off, they're going to have a suspect in there. Stop every person that you see in there. They're all a suspect. Um, I was thinking of this as a It's true... a formula, people. A very simple formula. I'm We're thinking, all suspects. I'm just thinking, like, if this were an actual crime that were committed in real life, they would do that. They would be able to find a suspect. Somebody was acting very strange. We found them in the elevator covered in blood. You know? (laughs) (laughs) I I think you're a suspect. But think about that police dash cam video we watched last night where the officer was stopping every pedestrian (laughs) to find the guy that has escaped from prison and this guy can't even make up his own fake name and stick to it. And then he goes, all right. Have a good day. All you got to do if you are confronted with a cop and you've committed a crime, you just got to hit him with the attitude of, uh, oh boy. <laughs> it sure is a hot one. <laughs> My name is uh, Jimmy Roberts. That's right. Bailey Roberts. <laughs> just don't even get that right. Just hit him with a, oh boy. And like, okay, this guy's in. And the cop would be like, all right, you're probably going to get pulled over again. It's fine. Just give him the same story yeah, you gave me. Just don't believe tell it. Him, t- tell him the thing. What did you say? Tell him what you said. The oh boy. boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy. I like this guy. <laughs> Okay. Okay. At Cinema Club, they're talking about basically shriek walls and scream makes and how filming their experience is the next step because it's making art immortal. To which I say, what do you think a horror movie is? <laughs> anyway, it is film. It is immortalized art. Yeah. They're yeah. talking about straight up <laughs> snuff films right here. Yeah, basically. <laughs> the killer would be filming the murders is one of the rules. You know that Robbie would have been like the mod of watch people die. Oh, hell I'm yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if he didn't die in this, he would be best friends with Jack Quaid's character. Oh, my God. They would be so tight. You'd be like, can I be Can I be the middle Jack between Jack Quaid and Jack Champion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about oh Jack my God. Champion. What is his name? I hope the actor's name is a Jack something. Who? Robbie. Oh, his actual name? Yeah. Did you not write him down in the cast? No. Oh, come on. It's I not can't, like a nothing I character. I can't put every supporting character on the list. You can. I was really tired when I put the information together. <laughs> okay. So I couldn't actually. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> what is his name? See, even IMDb doesn't care about Robbie Mercer. He is so far down. Wes Craven was a coroner. He was a coroner. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Eric Knudsen. 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 Uh, oh, he's also in Scott Pilgrim. Oh. He's oh, the douche. So sad. Yeah, Crash. Hmm? Crash. His character's name is Crash. He's. They're in the Battle of the Bands. 
They're the emo band that played that like three second song. So sad. He's also a certain Wahlberg son in Saw 2. Oh my God, he is. We've seen this guy in so many things that we didn't even recognize it. Wow, what a good actor. Yeah, he's got range. <laughs> Damn, look at him go. Aren't you glad I looked this up? Now? I am now. Yeah, yeah, that was that was very <laughs> It's worth all the editing I'm going to have to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know where so, I'm So, okay, the rules, they're talking about the rules in the movie. Oh, so yeah. the killer should be filming the murders. Mm-hmm. Uh, to survive modern horror, you've pretty much got to be gay. There's a big event happening because yeah. they're talking about... Third act bloodbath. Yeah. But that's the false ending. Oh, well, they don't say that. It just all ends in the third act bloodbath at a party. Yeah, it all culminates in a party, which they realize, oh, shit, Stabathon's happening yeah. this weekend. And then Courtney... Courtney Gail wants to know where it is. I imagine Courtney also wants to know. Like she wants to be invited. <laughs> yeah. uh, and oh, the Stabathon wasn't originally in the film either. Oh really? They added this bit in, yeah. So they they have the Stabathon. She ends up following them there so she can see what's going on. It's just a barn. I feel like it would have been easy enough for her to figure this out. She's lived in this town for 15 years now. <laughs> they made it to the party in the first one. It was Stu Mocker's house. That's more yeah. private than this right here. They're advertising this to everybody. Yeah. It's like a public event. Uh, Jill feels like she's under house arrest. Sid commiserates. She says, you know, and Sydney says, I'm really sorry about your friend. And this was probably my favorite line delivery of the whole movie with Jill going, really sorry about your publicist <laughs> yeah yeah she was fine i didn't really care too much about her <laughs> uh jill goes up to her room with a lot a lot of fucking dairy she's got string cheese and chocolate milk, milk. the whole carton of chocolate milk. <gasps> milk 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 she even takes it a step further and grabs additional dairy She's got milk and solid milk. She was screaming for attention here. She's like, I am the killer. Why are you not noticing? I got cheese and milk at the same time. Who eats that together? <laughs> okay. So Kirby is at Stabathon. She's um, already drunk. And she's like, this is what Olivia would want. She wouldn't want, she'd want me to be around people. Did which... she fucking drive there drunk? Probably. She just got there and she's hammered. We've already established that Kirby's a terrible driver. She would have fit in so well with the cast of Prom Night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Gail sneaks into Stabathon and she places her little cameras all around. And then she goes out to her car and starts recording. And she's already hyping herself up. You know what? She goes, when I settled down in Woodsboro, I never would have thought that once again, I'd be at the center of a crime. And then, like, all of a sudden, the camera starts turning around. Boom. She goes, well, what the fuck? You know what? I'm just now realizing again, though, that this is another remake uh, part. She went to the party to plant cameras mm-hmm. secretly. I'm just, this is all just now coming to me now. Like, whoa. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. The, the ghost face is getting the cameras. Yeah. So, she's got to go back inside. Yeah. And, and she it. first calls Dewey. She's like, hey, by the way, the killer is here. And he's like, you're not supposed to be involved in this. She goes, fuck our petty marriage issues. Like, children are going to die. And then Dewey goes, but what if you die? And she's like, well, then I guess I die, Dewey. And she hangs up and he goes, fuck. Yeah. I shouldn't have eaten that lemon square. And then he drives <laughs> God off. damn, I should have cheated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the crowd is cheering over stab one the same way that they do in the opening of Scream 2. Yes. And it's 
more appropriate in this context. Oh, yeah. This right here, it would be more fun. It's not opening night for a new movie. It's a cult favorite that everybody enjoys. Once again, have to bring up us going to a free showing of Evil Dead at the Kentucky Theater. Yeah. And laughing quietly to our friends in the row and somebody getting really mad at us. They weren't mad at us exactly. I think that they were <laughs> mad at the people, some of the people. <laughs> but either way, it was not warranted because everybody was laughing and yeah. having a good time watching Evil Dead. It's a fucking silly movie and it's just fun and it's free. Like, come on. Yeah. But you know what? I get it because I've also had my run-ins with classic movies there, but I paid for that one. We were all supposed to be yes. watching it seriously. This was like a free showing. Yeah. Same as Stab. Sabathon. Yes, exactly. Okay. So um, when Gail is up there and she's fixing her camera, she sees that there's additional cameras. And we know that they're different cameras because the lights are different colors. <laughs> So Haas is nervous about being on guard detail and they talk about, uh, you know, all the different, they talk about the tropes of their world, which is cop movies. I like that. I think that's a fun little bit. Yeah. I think it's funny listening to them. Like if your wife is pregnant or you're retiring the next day, they say, fuck (laughs) Bruce Willis's though. Um, (laughs) And so Haas, or is it Perkins? It's Perkins. Okay. Perkins goes out to do patrol and Haas is going to wait in the car and then um wait no no that's not it's Haas that goes out there Perkins yes. stays in yes yeah. yes yes okay that's what I thought it was yeah at first. no you're right so yeah he goes out there and he's like I'll be right back oh wait. shit I'm not supposed yeah. to say that <laughs> and then Ghostface gets him and then he stabs Perkins in the head so and he lets out one fuck Bruce Willis before he dies so I've got a story within a story here okay and the story I told you already that I need to tell the audience so that Go way they know it. is that we rewatched this at home because I went to see this in theaters with my mom and my little sister. And we, story within a story within a story, I got carded to see that movie even though Carolyn is six years younger than me. They didn't do anything with her. And my mom went in before me and if you've ever seen the three of us together, we're so clearly related. Yeah. Like it's, impossible to miss this is true and the guy cards me saying that this is an r-rated movie and my mom goes you know she could take this one and points out my little sister she could take this one to the movie like she could be the escort like (laughs) she's like i don't understand why you're carding her (laughs) so anyway uh after this comes out on dvd we're watching it at home and we see the stab into the head and we're like how much force do you reckon it takes to get a blade through a skull? And Tom, who we assumed was just like playing his golf game on his computer, rips off his headphones real quick and says, about seven or eight pounds of pressure. And we were like, how the fuck do you know that? <laughs> and so I told you this story while we were watching this movie. Uh-huh. And you were like, but is this even a real thing? It is. Wes wanted this kill in here because he saw a documentary where a guy was stabbed into the stabbed in the head. Really? Yes. So Sydney is in the kitchen and she helps her aunt carry in some bags. She was shopping. And while Kate goes out to get more bags, the phone rings and it's a ghost face call and telling her to turn on channel six threatens her family. Ooh. Yeah, she said it, she wants her to suffer before she comes for her. Sydney goes to check on Sydney and her aunt go to check on Jill. 
and she's gone, and they see IMs on the laptop to Kirby about how she's sneaking out. Oh, how convenient. Uh, they're getting ready to leave, but Ghostface is out on the back porch, so they try to run out front, and Ghostface gets around that way, too, so they close the door, and they're like trying to like brace up against it, and Sydney's going to get some fr- heavy furniture or something while Kate's holding it closed, and she gets stabbed in the back through the mail slot. Yeah. Inventive kill. I'll give him credit there. Uh, Judy appears, and Sydney Sydney is telling her like what happened, and Judy calls it in, and then Sydney uh, sneaks out and takes Kate's car and goes to find Jill and her friends. Robbie is upset that Gail was attacked. Uh, he was, you know, he had been told to cancel the stabathon, and he didn't cancel the stabathon, and so now the sheriff's wife has been attacked and he's like oh man we're in so much trouble <laughs> very stew my mom's gonna be so mad at me yeah so this the original ended at the party this means the remake is ending at the after party mm-hmm. trevor shows up he said that he got a text from jill and she's like i didn't text you where's my phone i didn't text you i didn't text him she, she oversells it here I, <laughs> whenever i see this like yep that's the killer right there definitely <laughs> what no. Text you. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I found out that Sherry and Trudy are spelt with an IE because we didn't have captions on at the very beginning, and then they're on because they're watching Stab Seven. Oh, I love that. I and love I that. was like, ah. <laughs> uh, I like how they. Um, this gives Charlie and Kirby a chance to nerd out together, because Kirby is the Randy of this movie. Yeah, so she's the horror nerd. I think some people probably think that Charlie well, would be the Randy, but I don't think that's the case. I, mm, I had a whole theory about this. I'll have to revisit it. Yeah. I don't have time for it right now. Okay. About who's the real Randy of this of this movie. They, I mean, it could be like, I mean, they could be co-Randys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, So they're in there and they're flirting. Meanwhile, Robbie's out front drinking straight from the bottle and flipping his camera around constantly and <laughs> classic motion sickness vibes from found footage right there yeah and then we do get like this nice kill where like he's trying to adjust his camera and he sees his ghost face on his screen before he actually sees him in real life yeah that's creepy i like that yeah yeah it's a nice shot yeah and then he starts to get stabbed to death and then he's mm-hmm. like wait wait i'm gay <laughs> if that helps yeah <laughs> and the ghost face does like the little head to like huh? <laughs> like why did you fucking come out to me right now <laughs> this is not gonna help you <laughs> i like i mean because charlie is inside flirting with kirby right now so that means this has to be chill yeah and like you know <laughs> yeah. she's having a moment like huh. huh i don't know if he's actually i think he's trying to weasel himself out but he could be gay i don't know it could be it's up to interpretation he can be either way so, yeah, he's dead now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor interrupts Charlie and Kirby flirting. He's total cockblock moment. Um, they're, they're going over <laughs> Kirby's little personal library here, and she's got some pretty solid movies. Mm-hmm. It's very much like I am a horror nerd type movies. Like yeah. I'm deep and I think I'm deep. But like really, like for most horror fans, this is kind of standard fare. Like Suspiria's in there. Don't look now. Um, and then they start doing like horror trivia. Type yeah, flirting. it's like one of those things that like if you're a horror fan, you're like, okay, well, everybody knows that. And then you take a step back and realize that 
Not everybody knows that. Yeah. Especially where they're high school age. That's a pretty solid foundation. I don't expect them to know the deep cuts at that point. No, that's super solid. I was still watching AMC Halloween plays, like marathons. <laughs> that was my, that's as deep as I went back then. Sydney arrives. Uh, she tells Jill, like she's trying to rally the troops. She tells Jill to hide um, while they're all evading Ghostface. They're going different directions. Um, she has Jill hide under the bed and she like, Leans out the window and she goes, just keep running, Jill, just keep running. It's kind of like a nice misdirect. And then she like runs out onto the roof herself yeah, and is uh, trying to evade Ghostface that way. Um, she calls Dewey and then falls off the roof because we're recreating Scream 1 in all of its glory. Yes. <laughs> Jill's like, sweet, I didn't have a way to convince her to fall off the roof. She just did it on her own. <laughs> uh, Sydney and Kirby go to the basement she assumes Jill's still hiding and safe. Uh, they get a bloody Charlie at the door, and Kirby is debating whether or not to open it. And Sydney's like, if you can't trust him 100%, don't open it. So Kirby's like, I'm sorry. And then we cut to an all-consuming darkness that shouldn't exist in real life. <laughs> Yet it does. What? The way it cuts to black. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the end there, yeah. Uh, so the lights come back on, Charlie's tied to a chair, and Kirby gets a call, and she's got trivia time. Yes. And she does a full family feud and cuts him off before he can finish the question, and she names every single remake she can think of, which this is just amazing fucking meta commentary right here. Yeah, it's good. It's it's really nice, although I, if I were her, I would be worried that this ghost face is like, really strict with the rules like no you it's not all of them it's just one of those (laughs) (laughs) um so she doesn't get an answer from ghostface so she's like i win i knew it and she goes out there and she's untying charlie and she's like i did it i beat him and then he stabs her in the stomach yeah and then i hate his reasoning for killing her he's like you didn't you didn't notice me until it was too late, you fucking bitch. And then he I, just continues to stab her. I think she would have died either way. I think Charlie called dibs on killing her because of that. Probably, but still, I mean, I don't know. None yeah. of their reasoning is good in this movie. No, I mean, they're all stupid high schoolers, I'm sure. But at the same time, it's that's very um, incel type <laughs> behavior right there. Him and, again, him and... Jack Quaid's character would probably get get along (laughs) just fine if they ever met. So he grabs for Sid and she runs, but then another ghost face steps out, stabs her, and it's Jill. And she goes, now, dear cousin, we turn the cameras off. So they're going to cut and upload all of the footage and make it traceable to Trevor, who is currently tied up. She shoots him in the dick and then in the head. (sighs) So she's not the girl to cheat on. Double headshot. And she says that, you know, this has never been about killing you. It's been about becoming you. Except with you, the world only heard about what happened with me. They're going to see what happened. She stabs Sid pretty deep. She also kills Charlie because Charlie was never going to make it to the end. No, poor Charlie. He was just such such a pawn in this whole thing. You you said it yourself. He's He's an incel. He is, yeah. And then she starts hurting herself a lot. Yeah, like beating the shit out of herself. It all ends with her throwing herself through a glass coffee table. 
And it's kind of a nice shot. It is. It's really cool. I like how they shoot it. And then she slowly crawls next to Sid just to get that little nice mirror image. Yeah. Oh, this just happened to happen like this. <laughs> what do you know, guys? So at the hospital, the reporters are uh, all out front talking about this string of murders and how there's one survivor inside, Jill Roberts, and we'll be anxious to talk to her and hear how she survived. And they're all hyped about it. And inside, Jill is talking to Dewey, and she's fake crying, and she is not selling it very well at all right now. She's like, when they got my mom and Kirby, it was Trevor. (laughs) What? 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 I didn't text him. (laughs) I didn't text him. (laughs) And then she goes, you know, and then she's immediately like, you know, if I ever write a book about this, not that I've thought about it, but if I ever wrote a book about this. Um, I would want to write it with your wife and you know we have our matching shoulder wounds and Dewey's like oh <laughs> she wouldn't cheat on me though yeah don't make lemon squares <laughs> don't give her don't make lemon squares with yeah. her, and so Dewey says alright well I don't want to I don't want to get your hopes up that Sydney was still alive and she's in the ICU right now it's touch and go she might not remember anything but there's a chance and the thing is she I know that she wants the spotlight solely on her, but she could have ran with this and it would have been fine. But then again, Dewey does end up going into there to talk to Gail, who's also in the hospital, and reveals what Jill has said, saying we need to work together because we have matching stab wounds. She's like, did they report that I have a shoulder wound? Yeah, she's like, how does she know? And Dewey's like, God damn it. <laughs> Poor dude. Damn it, Dewey. Um, <laughs> so he goes running, and of course, Jill is already out of her hospital bed, and she went to go find Sydney's room. Somehow she found this room. I'm guessing that Woodsboro Memorial Hospital is not that large. It's probably uh, a lot like Haddonfield. Yeah. And <laughs> Halloween, too. Just empty halls. You can go everywhere. So she goes in there, and Sydney, somehow not under a complete haze of drugs. Yeah, she. You would think that she would be completely She's out. She's knocked of it. out, or just like spitting gibberish or something. Uh, but no, nope, that's not the case. It puts up a decent fight, all considered. But mm-hmm. you know, Jill like busts open her stitches and hits her with a bedpan and Ooh, the peapot to the head, man. <laughs> no, I think it's actually Hicks that does the peapot to the head to Jill. I feel like it's definitely Dewey that gets the peapot to the head from Jill. It would be Dewey. I can't yeah. remember. It's all I'm a pretty bit. sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, Gail runs in there too because oh, she no. knows her husband. You're right. I got it right here. Jill peapots Dewey. <laughs> 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 okay. I also want to point out when Jill is climbing out of her bed in her room, she's got on biker shorts. But now that she's down in Sydney's room, she's got on like full scrub pants. Does she really? Yes. Did she kill a nurse along the way and scrubs? <laughs> she's full Michael Myers now. Because she did the little like the head, the head tilt, tilt and now she's stealing uniforms. She's channeling Michael. You're right. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, Gail shows up because she knows who her husband is. And then Judy shows up and Jill makes Judy throw the gun and Gail's like, you better fucking throw it. And she shoots Judy, and Judy flies back. She makes Gail move out and says, do you have any last words? Sneaky, sneaky. Sid snuck up behind her and started the defibrillator. And Gail goes, clear. And Jill goes, what? Clear? And Sidney goes, clear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so cheesy. It is cheesy, but it's, you know... 
The, the dialogue Wait, in this no. movie is cheesy. Isn't it? She's like queer and then Sid sneaks up and says, don't fuck with the original. And then she. No, she does head. clear. Okay. And then she says, you know, uh, first rule of remakes, Jill, don't fuck with the original. Then she shoots her. Yeah, okay. There we go. Or right. no. Then she pops back up. Judy pops up. Judy shoots Jill. And then they're like, Judy, you're alive. And she says, wear the vest. Save your chest. And then she falls back <laughs> over again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's right. Um. Yeah. And then the reporters are still outside waiting for Jill. Yeah. It's, uh, I like the way that ends there where they're all reporting on it and it's all going down in history the exact opposite. Like the last shot is them doing the opposite of what she wanted. She wanted to go down as a hero and they're like, yeah, she's the villain. She kind of fucking sucked. Well, the reporters don't know that she's the villain yet. Are you sure? Yeah. They're still talking about her like the lone survivor. They don't know everything that just happened inside. Oh, okay. Well, either way, I like that that's the case. So she's going to go down as the villain. Mm-hmm. Even though she's basically forgotten after this movie. I don't really think she's mentioned in the she's, following movies. She's in the museum. Is she in the museum? Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, she's not mentioned much. All right. We're ignoring Talia barking. It's It's been nonstop. We have stopped recording a total of 40 minutes. Yep. It, we, can, we can't keep going with this. Yep. So sorry if you guys are hearing our dog bark in the background. But we're going to continue. So, Jesse, do you oh, have any I, changes afterwards? Nope. I'm keeping it a 975. I stand by it. This is an amazing movie. It's okay. It's so much fun. I'm going to bump mine because I realized how much was being remade as I was talking about it. That's the thing. I needed to process all of the things that were going on and realize, oh, shit, it is actually just straight up a remake. And I, I felt so stupid in the in the end. But you know what? Fuck it. Uh, I'm taking it to eight. And that makes me really excited to talk Scream 6 because I saw a lot of parallels between t- 6 and 2. Really? Yes. Yeah, so I'm really excited to talk about that one. Okay. Okay. So 8.875. Okay. Uh, Talia was... She was a very sleeper. She was a sleepy sleeperson during this, but she was very active, kicking and whatnot. Yeah. I think Talia gives this... How many times has she barked? Today? Yeah. I'd say maybe like 100 times, maybe. Okay, so she's giving this a 100 out of 10. Okay. Uh, that's her score for this. She's been screaming her <laughs> review from the be- or the living room in there the entire time. Now, Zoe was asleep the whole time, but she's on drugs, and she was on the couch, so I'm going to count it. Okay. I think Zoe likes this movie. Okay. Uh, by the way, we skipped the change. I don't have a change. Yeah. Well, it's my. I have the low score. I give the change. <laughs> okay. Okay. My change. Um, again, I think the whole rule thing. That's that's one of the downfalls with this. Like the first movie was so strong with setting up the rules of a slasher. The second one was awesome for doing the sequel rules, but three and four just don't really have as strong of a set. I think it. Bounces back in five, though. It starts to become a little bit forced. It does, yeah. With the whole, like, we have to include the rules. Because, like, remakes, yeah, they have, I mean, they're just slasher movies. They do have certain things that you can comment on, but they're, they didn't really have a whole lot to say with it this yeah, time. Yeah, I really think it was more about, like, commentary of the horror genre at the time. Which is what they all are. Yeah. And that's fine, but, you know... That's... I think the rules thing became a thing that the audiences grabbed onto and they felt like they couldn't not include it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I guess that's probably the case. Either way, tighten up the rules a little bit and 
you know, maybe like a cool thing to do would maybe be like lean towards like another genre. So this one, I know that they incorporated some aspects of torture porn. That was one of the main things that they were critiquing in this one or like poking fun at. But there wasn't a whole lot of that type of stuff going on in this movie. It was just a little bit more bloody. Yeah. A little bit more hardcore stabbing, but none of the torture porn stuff. I don't feel like they would have been able to organically incorporate that into this movie, though. I think they could have. Everybody's super influenced. The whole point of this is these people are influenced by the current trends of horror. So they're trying to recreate the things that they're watching. And if they're all big on the current trend, which was that genre at the time, I could see them trying to remake the original and try and include that aspect to try and modernize it into that genre that is trending at the time. Maybe. Maybe. That's just my thoughts. Okay. Who did you relate to? Wait, on the count of three, we'll each say who we related to. We Ready? know what it is. Yep. One, two, two three. three. Charlie. <laughs> so I've got a couple of reasons for relating to Charlie. I don't relate to the killing parts. I don't relate to the incel parts. I do relate to being attracted to the nerdy horror girl. And I love the idea of hosting Sabathon, which I have said to you, if we ever get to a point with this where we can host things like that i want to i want us to go to the kentucky theater down here and host screamathon we marathon every scream movie that goes on and you know what if people are listening and you guys are down for this let us know we can do that yeah we can even like just do it at just a small venue i don't know and come over to my house we'll we'll watch all (laughs) the screamathon over here (laughs) y'all but yeah i mean and he's like a horror nerd so that it's pretty obvious. I relate to Kirby because I also listen to a lot of music when I drive. Mm-hmm. I look really good with a short haircut. You got that Kirby cut after watching this movie several times. It wasn't because of this movie. You, you were very heavily influenced by it. I could tell. Were you okay. not? I specifically used the picture of... Um, Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Tragedy Girls last time I got my hair cut short. That's that was real... my reference photo. Okay. Either way, I'm saying you've always commented on the pixie cut. Yes. That she has. Yeah, no. She she pulls it off really well. Um, And obviously, like, I really like horror, but I try to be too cool about it. Okay. There so, you go. You know. There we are. Yeah. This is a weird char- we're an alternate universe, Charlie and And also, Kirby. I'm an FBI agent. Um, <laughs> that's true yeah working through my trauma so I'm not supposed to know that yet <laughs> <laughs> we'll learn that in one of the sequels okay dream sequel we don't do that it's a franchise that's right we, we don't do dream sequels we know what's gonna happen tagline tagline I think it would be funny to do a Halloween 2 thing the night that she came home. The night she came home again, again. because Sydney's back at home. Exactly. Yes. Okay. The night she came home again. There we go. There we go. I like it. I okay. like it. I feel it. All right. Uh, okay. Internet reviews. Okay. All right. What'd you pull for us? I pulled from MDB. Okay. And I pulled, obviously, somebody who's not as big a fan because I know how we both generally feel about it. So this is a 1 out of 10, and this came out, this review was written in January of this year. So this is bearing in mind that they've probably at least seen Five Cream. Okay. 
Weak, poor storyline and characters. Found Killer to be very irritating and the not dying thing very stupid. Need more Sydney time. I didn't like all the trying to copy Scream 1 was very cringy, a lot of it. Couldn't stand Kirby or the other friends. I can't remember their names because it was that poor. I didn't gel with or feel for the characters. Little development for them. Tiny Petite Short Jill did all that. No, I'm sorry. Come on. <laughs> Sydney has fought bigger and badder. I just didn't buy it. Absolute zero feels. The horror movie chat scene sent cringe down to my toes and almost curled off. <laughs> Same when Jill wrecks the house. No, thank you. I didn't enjoy the scream and I love the others. Mm. You know, I um, I don't agree with it, but I can understand it. Like if you don't connect with this set of characters, I can have I, w- I would have a hard time watching it too if I thought that they were all annoying. I mean, they're the same ish, but different enough. Yeah. To where you're getting a Randy, but you're getting a different type of Randy. One that might be just depending on what you prefer, maybe a little bit more abrasive to you or more cringy. Here's the thing, though. Is that the original Randy Meeks is cringy. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. But to us. Like, do we do we need to be reminded of his fake British accent he does in Scream 2? I love how that was revealed that he, Wes didn't even ask him to do that. <laughs> just Jamie was like, I'm just I'm trying to think. Yeah, Wes is like, nobody told him to do that. He just did it. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I mean, he is cringy, but I don't know. If that's, if you don't relate to the characters, if you don't like them, I get it. It could be a slog. Here's the thing. I absolutely love this movie. It's one of my favorites in the franchise, and I will defend it with my last dying breath. However, I can understand why people don't like it. It is super meta to the point of almost being obnoxious, and it is very over the top. I love those things about it, but I also know who I am as a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the type of thing I like. So. Also, in terms of the ghost faces, yeah, I mean, they're two little high schoolers, but she's fought people with the same power levels before. You know yeah. what I mean? Billy's mom. Billy's mother. <laughs> yeah, she's not really going to be kicking anybody's ass. She's just a, a tiny little woman. Yeah, I mean, Mev Campbell's a tiny little woman, too. Yeah. She's teenty. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it, and at the same time, you kind of just have to turn off your mind whenever it comes to the ghost face accomplishments, because if you really think about it too hard, it just, it all crumbles, honestly. Yeah. It's just a fun movie. You're just not supposed to take it that seriously, but I get, like, poking holes, because I did the same thing. Yeah. Know, it's whatever. Well, and the fact that they only have one body double for this whole thing for the ghost face like but you want to keep it ambiguous you've got charlie and jill though you know what i mean they're not too different in height i don't think i don't know yeah but he's like broader he is a little bit broader yeah shoulder pads can get shoulder pads for your ghost face costume (laughs) it's possible you got that 80s edition yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so i have our listener reviews okay so we'll start off with our Instagram review. We have Michael Lee Howard okay. chiming back in. After an 11-year hiatus, the Scream franchise took off with a great time. The opener was meta in meta. After a return of the core characters, we also get a group of new and fun characters. When I first watched this, I was seriously thrown off by the killers. I think this was a great fun. There are... There's a nice mix of light humor and great horror. Loved some of the kills in this one, 8 out of 10. Okay. So I just had a good time with it. Just vibed with it the entire time. 
I agree. And it is like, I think especially taking into account that 11 year gap. Yeah. You know, it's a gap from the franchise as a whole. And it's, you got to think about kind of the lull that was happening in terms of horror trends. Yeah. There's at a the lot time. that happened. Yeah. So I think this was a really strong comeback. Yeah. And I do agree. I think that this one has some of the more fun kills in them. Like, uh, fuck, what's the cop's name again? Perkins. Perkins. His knife to the head. I love it. The kill with Olivia where she's just brutalized and then thrown through the window. Fuck yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. It's all good stuff. I, I, I dig it. So over on Twitter, we have Kendra. She says, Emma Roberts plays insane so well. She does. She does. I love Emma Roberts. She knows how to do Unhinged. They got a good one for that right there. She, really she rocks the role. I don't want my comments on her acting to be misconstrued in me saying that she doesn't do a good job in this. I think that she does a great job in this. She's a ham. She, yeah. she does hammy roles really well. She works. But she can do those more serious roles. Seriously, I was shocked at how well she did in The Black Coat's Daughter. That's true. Yeah. She did a great job in that. Next up, we have Sarah. She says, this is my favorite in the Scream franchise. Yes, over the OG, which is my second favorite. Ooh. Kirby is what sold it for me. As a female horror fan, it was nice to see a female horror fan depicted on TV who was knowledgeable in the horror genre, not one who only watches the movies. I agree. I think that that's cool to give it to the girl character this time to be the horror nerd, which continues to be the same with five and six. You got the female, like Randy's cousin is the horror nerd. Niece. 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 That's right. That's right. Yeah. I can't remember the character's name. I just remember the actress's name. I can't remember her name either. Jasmine. um, What is the character? I like the twins. I'm I don't remember most of the characters' them. names, honestly. I just have a good time with it. <laughs> All right. In the final review, I'm saving this one for last because it's a big write-up. It's from our boy Tyler. Yay. So he had to screenshot his notes app with this one because he typed so much. So let's dig in. Screenshotting a notes app because thoughts. <laughs> this was the first Scream movie I saw in theaters. Same. It gets a lot of hate, which I don't understand why. Same. I think the kills and set pieces are excellent. <laughs> And the characters, well, some disposable, are still so scream-coded. In parentheses, rip hot girl Olivia. (laughs) I was going to say Olivia. (laughs) (laughs) Jill is my favorite ghost face. She was one of the scariest, most slay, and she almost got away with it. I didn't even expect her. Then, of course, her beating herself to hell is iconic. She also, in my opinion, has the best monologue of the killers. Also, her recording Olivia's murder on her phone, insane. Scream 4 is my second favorite, but is constantly in a fist fight with the first Scream for my top spot. Damn, so we got some, like, people... All right, we got people here that put Scream 4 up there along with the first one, including you. Yeah. You got this as number two right now? Yes. All right, so there's now three people here that have that. Yep. All right. You guys should start yep. your own little club here. Yeah, the yeah, Scream we should. Scream 4 fan club. Yes! Woodsboro High Cinema Club, what yeah. up? <laughs> okay, so that's it for our reviews, and that's actually it for this week's episode. It is. So as you guys know, next month is a new month, mm-hmm. and if you have listened to us at all ever, then you know that we don't have next month's schedule already yet. No. Uh, we have, obviously, we will be covering Scream 5 at some point, mm-hmm. and we are having our guest Robert Atone yes, join us returning. once again mm-hmm. and to talk Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue. Uh, that will be the second week in June. We don't know what the first week in June is going to be yet. Anyway, uh, we'll have our schedule out 
soon. Yes. So check us on social media. We've got Facebook, Instagram, Least Favorite Scary Movie Podcast, or Twitter's Least Faith Pod. Um, and you can find our schedule there. And usually we try to post where to watch. We did have a listener suggest a theme for next month. I'm not, I don't know if they want to be named or not, so I'm not going to name them right now. Okay. Um, but the suggestion was a Pride Month theme, which we both loved. Yes. Not We've had Perfect Blue set. I'm not sure how well that will fit into the theme yet. Yeah, but that's been, unfortunately, guys, set since like November of last year. Yeah, so. that's, been, that's been set for a while. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, we do like having that theme, and we are going to incorporate that throughout the month as much as we can. And we want to take all of our Patreon donations for the month of June, and we are going to donate them to the Trevor Project. Yeah. So we uh, we really like that idea. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. And, and of course, we'll have um, later this week, we'll have our Patreon bonus episode. Yes. And yeah, you'll you'll get that soon. Yeah, just be expecting it. But uh, thank you guys. Um, thanks to the patrons that are going to be in turn donating. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. Trevor Projects. Thanks, yep. guys. Um, we have Eric and Vivi with Shake and Not Scared. We have Joe. Big Sean. As is his full name. Yes. We have Amber, and we have Michael Lee Howard. Yes. So thank you guys. Thank you guys, you guys so are much. Amazing, and thank you guys for contributing to this, which is also contributing to a good cause. Yes, you guys are the best. Um, and I think that's it. I think we got everything covered here. I think so. Yeah, I think we got so. our socials. We got our Patreon shoutouts. Got we don't know what's coming up next, but you know what? Just go to our social media. You'll find it there. You already know where it's at. So right. we'll see you guys then. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Just got little tiny waves.